Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is episode 23. Jordan episode. Did you, did you just make a Michael Jordan joke? Yeah, I guess. I thought that it might... Okay, hold on. All right, so... I mean, it's a I reference started, more than a joke. I mean, it's depends on how started, funny you found it. Like, if no, it's funny, it's a joke. No, if we started not, the podcast. clever. Okay, so the podcast has begun. Like, um, um, Rob's not here. I can start the intro however I want. Um, Janet, I... As asking that, I thought in my head, oh, I can make like a Michael Jordan reference when I Mm -hmm. start the podcast. And then psychically you beat me to it. (laughs) That's the thing. Like when you're from Chicago, you're primed to be talking about Michael Jordan at all times. um, So you are. So Rob and I also Chicago sports people like slowly, not on purpose, brick by brick. Sorry to hear that. Turning remap into a Chicago sports nation. <laughs> like we might just become like an FM sports oh, radio. Like, how do you feel about the bears potentially trading for chase young from the Washington commanders might be a segment later uh, in this podcast. But uh, what is your relationship to like the nineties bulls? Like, <sighs> where does that, because I live, you know, I was a kid. I lived that. I don't, you know, I, I, I was, was a much you smaller know, kid. <laughs> I was 10. Right. So like how much I'm processing, like, 1995 like Bulls finals like I don't know but I you know had the attire like lived through the Jordan uh Rodman moment but like what are, what are the 90s Bulls to you um it, it's funny like in a way everything and then in a way nothing right it's like I <laughs> because I I don't really like follow sports very much um the most sports stuff I do is uh soccer like, like American soccer mm-hmm. um and you know like Mexican soccer as well and, and all that um but when you're Chicago is such a sports town, like it's just like, you know what I mean? Like it just it by osmosis, you like learn the tricks of the trade and, and you see the pain on the people around you and the joy yeah, and the highs and all that. So I don't know. I guess I I know more than I guess a regular person would in the sense that like I, you know, I was born in 94. So it's like I was around in the 90s. I was, I was a baby. So it's like different. But my brother is six years older than me. And he's been a basketball fan his whole life. Like he saw Jordan play a lot. That was like his communion gift was like he got to go see the Bulls <laughs> play. Like because we, I was raised Catholic. Um, I feel like this doesn't this comes up like somewhat often, but 
also not often enough because I'm like I am sitting on all this Catholic lore that I can't use. Bring it here, big religious heads here. No, at okay, um, I'm always excited to talk about Catholicism. Like, it's like me, <laughs> Greg. I feel like Ben Hansen rocks with some random biblical stuff sometimes. Um, <laughs> I did go. I you know I did go to CCD. Um, that'll mean something. Yeah, to me too. People yes. who went to CCD. Yes, um, every Sunday, are, every Sunday. <laughs> I didn't go on Sunday. I, I, well, I went to Sunday school for a while, but then CCD was like a nighttime thing uh, mm. that I went to. It was like on Wednesday nights or something, and oh, it was all just in service of, you know, one day you might want to get married in the church. Yes, and that, so, literally same, literally same. And that's literally the only reason we were sent was <laughs> my family, my dad went to church never on Sunday and only on the major holidays like Christmas. And even then, tried really hard Seemingly more on purpose as life went on to get there kind of late. So we had to sit in the back and then mm. would leave. We're not going to stand in We're not going to stand in line for communion. That line is incredibly <laughs> long. The parking lot's going to be a mess. We were here for 40 minutes. Good enough. And like, so got you out take of there. like the um, like the concert or baseball game approach. It's like, let's be traffic. That, yeah, my, you know, my my father would blame it on us. My, me and my brother, and my mom being slow. But he sure didn't seem to punish us by stick. You know, in theory, like, well, we're late which means that now we have to wait the whole time and it's going to take forever to get home, to see your friends, do activities, whatever. Nah, he was like, well, y'all did fuck up, but like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat that one. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get us out of here. <laughs> everyone, everyone, you know, up, down, left, right, you know, touch your face, like get it done. And like, let's, let's get out of here. Like, like we, we all, we walked in, you know, we kind of mm. got a lay of the land. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> That's What's better than a lot of even, people. It's not even that long either. It's only an hour. Because some people, uh, some, <laughs> some well, people's service is like so long. long. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not judging because like I, I also, you know, I didn't go that often. Like we had to go a certain amount of hours just to, for like, I think community or confirmation, like you had like mm. hour requirements to hit. Yes. And I'm yes. like, you can't lie about going to church because then you're going to super hell. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how much I, it is one of those things mean? where, oh. do I think it exists? No. But I could be wrong. Exactly. And so maybe like avoid super hell, right? Yeah. Like super, there's layers of them the ending church. up there. <laughs> Fine. But like, you know, like maybe like level seven as opposed to level 14. Exactly. Uh, I'm like, look, that's of- too, it's too far. I don't want to take it too far. You know what I mean? <laughs> see, see, uh, the way that we avoided the traffic leaving church was that the church was literally next door to a Denny's. So we would just go have lunch. We'd just go have lunch mm. and wait for all the cars to... By the time we were out of lunch, uh, it was great. It was perfect. It was perfect timing. Brunch, really, the, at that point, because it was Sunday. The, yeah, thrill, you know <laughs> the thrill of the priest saying, go now in peace, and you just knew it was over? It's oh, done. my God. Time to get my I've fucking been chasing that on. high ever since. Oh, time to get a slam, time to get my slam on. Yeah, you know, speaking of Michael Jordan, time slam. to go to Denny's. Get slammed. <laughs> I think video games should end with go now in peace when the credits end because like <laughs> the high of that feeling is unmatched. I think that's um, a platinum actually. Like, wh- like I think it's like an achievement like like getting all like you know you, you mentioned you like you know platinuming yeah. Spider-Man 2. That is a go now in peace you are released from this yeah. video game. You've done all that uh, that can be asked of, of you. I uh, when there was a certain uh, community hours requirement that we had to do as part of uh, the confirmation process, I think. And uh, I brought like the sheet home and my mom looked at the amount of hours we had to do. And she's like, this is 
does God really demand this many hours out of you? Because it was going to then be like a burden for the family yeah. to achieve this many hours. Yes. And she was complaining about it to one of my best friend's moms. And that mom, much more strict. You know, you come to our house, like, Beavis and Butthead might be on. Like, you came to our house to play Mortal Kombat. If we went over to their the house. house the yeah. They had a bigger house, had a basement. So it was, you know, pros and cons. Um, we didn't have a basement at our house. But... Uh, it did mean like the media was going to get policed a little bit more. Mm. And so my mom was complaining about it to her. And she said, I agree. I do think it's too many hours. And then said, let's just make the kids do 10 or something instead of like the 50 or whatever was being required. My mom was like, well, I think God would be understanding if Charlotte is saying that we don't have to do it because she cares a lot more. So she's a little more in tune with what layer of super hell we'd be going to a messenger as a of the Lord, some would say. Yes. Yes. What oh. was your confirmation name? Do you remember? Oh, that you picked I don't out? remember. I don't. Immediate purge from, from memory. Okay. Do you remember how did you have to pick that? Was that was mm-hmm. that picked for you? You had to pick it. And I were like, dude, see, here, I think I'm gonna now I'm scared that I'm gonna unlock trauma for you. I don't know. But like <laughs> no, least, no, it was not, it was just annoying. I didn't like it was just an extra thing to do. Like I my relationship with religion is not like it was so okay. low in terms of my engagement and it didn't leave any trauma right. other than just being annoyed <laughs> yeah i was more i was also similarly like hardcore casual you know it's like okay mm-hmm. I, I did a lot but then i also didn't do much you know what i mean um yeah you had to pick it um mine was Catherine. um you had to look up like you know pick a saint it's supposed to be meaningful to you i forgot what saint Catherine did if i'm being honest a lot of people of course picked is that i forgot her name eyeball? but one of the prostitutes <laughs> is that saint Catherine, the eyeball lady i don't know feel free to google I, i'm not i i wouldn't be able to tell you i'm sure she I definitely remember like picking and like this. I mean, they're all saints, right? So it's like, I'm like, yeah. this seems like a good person. Could I just like, pick St. Patrick? Is that the reason I don't yeah, remember? Probably. Like, like, maybe I just Any, went with like the easiest answers. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Usually like, people pick name. like the cool sounding name. Like my brother picked Luke because it sounded cool, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people picked like the, like one of the prostitutes, like one of the famous prostitutes. Like, oh, it's funny <laughs> that she's a, a hooker, right? And it's like, yeah. we're in eighth grade. But, but that's like, that was the rationale. It's like, yeah. oh. And obviously she, you know, it, still was a saint and stuff but i guess people enjoyed the the background lore of the i mean that is that aspect. is a very young kid uh yeah. like your a desperate attempt to be an edgelord in the eyes an edgelord yeah. in the eyes of the lord um, <laughs> all the catholic edgelords picked which i think i, I just found the, the podcast title <laughs> edgelord in the eyes <laughs> of the lord <laughs> the uh, I, um, the eyeball saint by the way is saint lucy not saint catherine my bad okay. uh, <laughs> is that a dark souls What's boss that? i feel like that's probably also Can- a dark souls boss what is eyeball lore kind oh she of. carries like, her eyeballs around on a little platter like, like hers just like, yeah hers her okay. her eyes i forget why they were gouged here's a fun image hold on I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> from the from the dark souls art book um i forget why they were gouged uh, here, um so jordan this. means a lot to me is the thing because... oh <laughs> well, a, yeah that is, um, that i gotta a be do you know what you just pulled an image from? No, I don't. Do you know who this girl is? No, I don't. I just, Yo, this is from the, the, the you know, the classic modern horror film, The Nun, which just <laughs> recently had a sequel, The Nun 2. Okay. Um, an, ex- an expansion of the Conjuring universe. That makes sense. The Conjurverse. Okay, this is from Screen Rants. Who is St. Lucy? The Nun 2's character, real history and franchise mm. collections. I thought, <laughs> just, oh, the thing right. that came up first was... Uh, because I was looking for an image of the eyes, and that's just like, oh, this sure, one's sure. easy. I don't know who this lady is. I'm sure it's just like a, a movie of some sort. But I didn't realize it was the nun too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like a main. Uh, that's like a central plot point. That's uh, finding a, some 
Can you please artifact. like tweet out that photo on the account with like nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> like at some point. I will. I will. Thank you. Um, um, well, it's well, it's funny. The reason I had asked was I didn't know exactly which year you were born, but you, you being born in '94, uh, in the middle of the the Bulls like like height, they're like their run, and yet by the time you're old enough, like people lived through that, and it yeah. it's part of their core, not just sports identity, but like cultural city identity. And for me, I end up being, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven over the course of like the two three peats for the Bulls. So I, I experienced that at least as a fan. But yeah. for me, it's the '85 Bears, right? Like, mm. and the Bear, I, I love the Bulls, but football is like my preferred sport, and so the Bears are my preferred form of torment um, uh, when it comes to <laughs> sports watching. And like. For a long time, like that's all you heard about was just the '85 Bears, the '85 the Super Bears, Bowl Shuffle, the Super Bowl Shuffle, because it's all that Chicago Bears fans have to hang on to. And like, I'll be like, this hasn't quite happened to the Bulls yet, but it's definitely happened with the Bears, where there has been a, a generational shift, where you have uh, kids. You know, I'm not a kid anymore, but like relative to the generation that like lived through and I, uh, idealized and idolized the '85 Bears, like they're older. And aren't like the core fan base of the team anymore. And for me, I I'm over like idolizing the '85 Bears because I have nothing to replace it with. Sure. There are like there aren't like gr- like oh in that great year uh, like like ah that was like that's a new thing to hook onto. And so it's fascinating that you just have that swapped ten years later. And I know you yeah. don't watch uh, uh, basketball as much, but you know there hasn't been a whole lot of. Like classic Bulls basketball to hang hang, hang no, on to yeah. in years <laughs> since. Like Derrick Rose busted his knee, and the second coming of, of Bulls heard, basketball. I, I have heard of fell the apart. Rose knee. Yes. Um, like, oh, I it just, is. It's, it's a famous famous pivot point. Like a, yeah. a huge what if. Like get me in the dimensional time oh, machine. Yeah. If that if that knee does not buckle, I, I think we have like not quite a dynasty, but like a, a run of incredible Bulls teams for several. That's like years. all you hear about. I guess I should. I probably should be clarified because I feel like I'm downplaying how much I know. Like I know like a lot because (laughs) the thing is too (laughs) is because it's just again it's in the ether. And I think when you're around people that are passionate about it, you kind of end up absorbing just some ancillary knowledge because like, you know, my dad's like huge into sports and so is my brother. Like it's funny. My brother's now in like sports journalism, actually, like on the basketball side. Like he just went to his first Lakers game live last night to do coverage like from the floor like he finally got credentials. Wow, shout so. out to your brother. That's yeah. sick. How cool um, is that? Yeah, it's like so funny because he did before this he was doing piano like he did music um and now he does sports journalism and I'm like so you're like biting my career basically like you're just heading into the <laughs> like you're heading into the into the the journalism ring like the the fun cool job that like people are like super into and are like oh ask you quite you know but yeah it's interesting um he just got lead writer at um lakers sb nation and he writes for switch appeal too so he does some women's stuff anyway but so he's always been into sports um my dad's super into sports so like it was always you know we did have a basement so like espn was on all the time like i watched a lot of around the horn for someone who like doesn't actually care about sports, but like loves around the horn and like, wow, we're unlocking oh, deep Janet lore. Wow. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Um, or like a uh, Dan Patrick show. Like I'm a big fan of the Dan Patrick show, even though I don't like really care about sports, but like Dan Patrick's like, Oh my God. I, I love Susan Dan Patrick. Voice? Okay. Wow. He's, oh, he's just an incredible like journalist. So like, I've, you know, it's like, I catch stuff here and there. Like I end up, like I follow them on Twitter just for like the vibes and they have fun tangents and things. And like, yeah, like I, ended up absorbing a lot of stuff and it's one of those things where 
I feel like I'm re-reminded by how much I know when something like, um, God, I forget the name of it, but you know when that Big Bulls documentary came out? It was like the multi-part. Yeah. The Last Dance. Yeah, Last Dance. Yeah, and I finally watched it. Like I was to, got to it late. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like it's all right. It's like pretty solid. But it's funny hearing regular people where they're like, oh man, this sick game story is wild. I'm like, the, you learned about it now? <laughs> like Again, because you can't exist in Chicago and not know all of that stuff. Yeah, it's about like, the flu yeah. game. Like, yeah, yeah, that is embedded in I Chicago have, regional sports lore. Um, you know those, like, in Chicago, and a lot of cities have this. Like, it's kind of like, not, it's almost like a strip mall sort of, but those, like, random stores that have, like, random, like, off-brand, like, bootleg stuff and, like, handmade shirts. It's like mall kiosk energy before a whole store. Like, mm-hmm. I went to one of those, like, in South Chicago, and I got a t-shirt that I, like, wear I wear usually when I'm sick and it's the flu game shirt and it has like Jordan and Scotty on it. And I'll send you guys a picture of it when I like look for it later. And it has all the stats from the game like around it. Oh my God. And everybody like in my family is like, man, man, I love that shirt. Like I really, I'm like, bro, this shirt was like $7 at like a random. (laughs) It's like, it's not that, it's like not that hard of a get, but it's They printed out a PDF and like ironed it onto a shirt. Yeah. It's got like all the information, everything you need to know about that game is on that, except for the, the controversy of like was he really sick was he poor mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have mm-hmm. that that lore on there but like all this all the factual stats in the images and everything but yeah um we had the um the you know you mentioned like the super Bowl, i mentioned the super Bowl shuffle because like we had that like out al- like it was a very musical time like the 80s and 90s for sports yeah. so we had like the bull cd that has like the mm-hmm. you know the the theme song and it also has like the narration from one of the games where it's like, oh, the Shavila, the Bulls win, the Bulls win. And they, they it like melds with the song. And I heard that album all the time. Like that album and like the album and the Chipmunks album was like always playing <laughs> growing up. So it's like yin and yang. Yeah, you know, know? Uh, two how sides I feeling of today? the coin. Do I want to hear the Bulls intro music? It's like, yeah, like EDM drop uh, or... <laughs> that, that played a lot. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you're kind of just engrossed in it. And then... You know, my dad's a White Sox fan. My brother's a Cubs fan. So, like, when the White Sox won the series, my dad was high. You don't usually see that split within a family. Normally, family is a, your dad was, did he choose to be a White Sox fan? Like, Like my dad? We usually, it's generally, like, part of the reason we've, like, Rob and I started a sports podcast. And people say, well, why do you just, you don't have to root for the Bears. Like, Mm. no, I do. I was this was get well yeah. <laughs> burdened upon me mm-hmm. by by birthright. Uh, like this is part of. I can't just pick another. There are teams that I like. I like really like the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I love the teams. Like so, I root turn. for them, but they're not my team. It never feels and the same either. It kind of feels no. like you're. I don't know. Like it's like a friend of a friend. It's like we're friends, but only because well, you said you were on the, you the South Side, right? So yeah. I, I'm just. How do you end up a Cubs? Like how does someone end up a Cubs fan? Yeah. Well, you don't. Maybe maybe you're not as like aware or like having encountered as many people that are like Cubs fans on the South Side. Like it can just be a regional split, but it's not necessarily okay. like, guaranteed. Like All I right. know a lot of South Side Cubs fans. Like it's not that deep, you know. Like so you mm-hmm. kind of can just pick one. My dad, I guess, just I, don't, I never asked him. You know, maybe I should because like also too like I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a lot to talk about with my dad. Like we don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so you want me to feed you some great. sports yeah. Honestly, questions? This is, like, <laughs> it's funny. He's a, he's a distance runner. Like my dad, like he's a marathoner and everything, Whoa. and so am I. And like Ooh. running is one of the few things that like I can talk to him about. Where like he understands. Like we will train. Like he, you know, I'm like. Oh, like I just went for this. Oh, how was your run? It was good. Oh, what's the you know like? It's like okay, this gives us something. Is it a PR? You know. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, it's like, oh, like I'm starting to use these goos. Oh, yeah. Like I use this thing. You know, it's like it's like this is something we have, um, you know, one of two conversations. We get. So I should actually probably ask him how he picked the White Sox, because I I imagine he just I mean, because he moved here in like the 80s from like Mexico. So he like yeah. had to re he had to also had to learn American sports as well. He had to learn like American football and stuff. So like it's a whole thing. But um I don't know. I th- I have to ask my brother too. Like I'm sure he's told me like why he picked the Cubs and stuff. I think just he liked the history of the team. He kind of like studied it up and decided to. I think I feel like too like when you live in a city where you have multiple sports teams, sometimes you might just do like oh a regional divide or whatever the thing is. But you might do like research before like picking your team. So I feel like my brother basically did that and landed on the Cubs. So my dad slacks my brother's Cubs. So, you know, like they won the series, my brother gifted him like a nice little memorabilia thing, like the next like Christmas or his birthday or whatever. And then I was around when the I like the Cubs more than the Sox. So I am a Cubs fan if I have to pick one. Um, So we were all like watching when they won the series. Like mm-hmm. I vividly remember getting way too drunk because the game was really long. <laughs> the game was like, and I'm like, I don't even care that deep. Ba- but it was also a really good baby. game. Like, no, it was like it really was long. and it was like a really intense game. And like it was really stressful and I'm getting the secondhand stress and then like every, everyone's going like wild and stuff. So like, yeah, I got like way too drunk and we popped the champagne on the balcony and then I <laughs> drank even more and knocked out anyway. But it was, it, I don't know. Like so only sports can do those kind of things, which I have to admit, even though I'm not like a big sports fan, but you know, I'm around the culture. Extremely good. Well, I'm uh, happy to announce we'll be having the entire Janice's entire family on the next episode of sports. We're going <laughs> to hey, break man. down and get answers to all these questions uh, and more. Um, no, but you'll, you'll have to report back when you, when you find out the, the answers to, uh, uh, to, to I promise my dad's going to give the most uninteresting answer. Cause he's like, Oh, I don't he know. Saw a billboard. I just picked it. Like, yeah. I, 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 they were there. Um, well, I get, but I, you know, that's how did I become a bears fan? Like, uh, they were there. Like, they, but you, like, yeah, you have, I mean, if you, what, what are you going to do? Like go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, right. Some, some right. stuff you are just born into. Um, you are just born into. Um, and we, we are born into this podcast. Um, this is, uh, you know, 20 minutes in, episode 23. Um, <laughs> the Jordan. In, in many yeah. ways, uh, you know, it's like I, I feel like I've just been avoiding like, anyone want to talk about like some uh, the latest upsetting news in the games industry. Mm-hmm. Like for for a minute, I thought maybe we should talk about games first. But I think like one of the conversations I, I've seen being uh, had and trying to contextualize the duality of this year, which is how do you hold in your head um, that we are probably having a, a historic year of incredible video games where in 10 years, people will look back and be like, oh my God, you'll forget yeah. all the layoffs. You'll forget all of the turmoil. And it'll be just like when we think about you know, in 1996 or 1998, like different, different years, like, oh man, like, was it, did you like Half-Life or Metal Gear Solid or Ocarina of Time? Like, like that sort of thing. Um, uh, amidst all of the like record profits and yet like record unrest that is, that is happening in the games industry. So going to talk about the bummer stuff first, because I think like it's, we have to earn our way to, to these games uh, as a result of, of what's happening uh, in the industry. And I, I think like there's really, like no better place to start, unfortunately, with sort of like the a kind of rolling layoffs that are are happening within um, uh, Sony. Um, uh, a week back, um, Media Molecule uh, had a, a number of layoffs um, using the same sort of language we would normally expect. Uh, significant strategic changes. A quote from Media Molecule: "We've had to make the difficult decision to begin the consultation process for team members with certain departments of the studio." 
This is a tough moment for the individuals impacted and the studio overall. Every single role that has been put at risk is delivered by someone who has contributed something special to Media Molecule. We will make sure those impacted receive the best support we can provide during this process. Um, this seems to, it, about 20 people uh, were laid off. Media Molecule is a pretty small studio, uh, you know, uh, uh, in total. Um, so uh, they have like a little over 100 empo- employees, like 135. So laying off something around 20 people is a not insignificant chunk of of, of the developer. Um, they've always been tiny, kind of a studio that hits above their weight. Um, you know, they uh, have not announced that they're working on past dreams, um, uh, which is their like really ambitious, like creation uh, tool set that only really came out on PlayStation 4, like never made the real jump to PS5, never made the jump to PC that where it might have found a, a larger audience. But this comes at the same time that uh, we learned this week uh, that uh, Bungie has laid off at this point, I believe, is a unspecified number of people. But, you know, I don't know about the two of you, but it felt like my entire timeline yesterday on social media was just retweets, quote tweets of like someone learning that they had been laid off from the company. Was that that kind of your experience on social media yesterday watching all this unravel? Yeah, um, it's basically exactly how you described. It's either people I know personally or as personal as you can be on just Twitter mutuals, right? Um, Yeah. Losing their positions or talking about their colleagues losing positions or again, sharing, um, you know, reposts or, hey, this place might be hiring or, hey, hire this person or whatever. Um, But yeah, it, I mean, all the, uh, there's been a lot of layoffs happening this year, as you've mentioned. So this isn't the first time that there's been that timeline shift, but I think, the combination of the amount of people, um, who it is, because it is like a good amount from like kind of more the community, the social side. So they're maybe more inclined to be posting in general. The combo of this being like almost the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. Like obviously there's been a lot of um, sadness and unrest in the industry like throughout this year as we've seen more and more layoffs, some studio shutdowns, just different things coming left and right. But I feel like, yesterday sort of broke everybody in a different way like it really hit so much harder the point where everyone just I think especially as we get towards the end of the year and we you know start thinking of things like game awards and end of the year accolades um there's just I think this feeling of I don't know like just a a darkness that sort of has washed over everything where like I saw like you know my peers just in the industry being like I don't even want to celebrate games anymore kind of like how you opened it where it's like er earning the right to even talk about games in a more colloquial sense it's like I just everyone's bummed out people are feeling like this is almost the end of an era like how are we gonna like continue going through this like there are so many talented people that have like seniority that can't even get positions so like I've seen like so many takes from different people that have different roles in the game industry or games media just really having this feeling of what is even the point of continuing on? Which I know like that's going to, you know, people will mourn and and keep going and people are amazing in this space that are willing to continue to do work in an industry that constantly shows them that they don't love them back in a way. And I think that's a lot of what making games or talking about games is, Um, but that doesn't make it any easier. And I feel like yesterday was just like a really holistic and dark acknowledgement of like the reality of like where our industry currently is, um, which hopefully this, you know, comes like before maybe levity or 
unionization or, you know, a lot of those conversations that are brought yeah. up of like, hey, like something needs to change. And the desire to create that change, I think, will hopefully like be born from this. But for now, it it just sucks. Yeah. And it's especially coming, you know, uh, Bungie is owned by Sony now. Right. Um, I believe Sony does have some financial uh uh, like a quarterly thing, I, you know, I would, I was get mixed on wh- where we're at and where, which, which, which folks have like the end of year and then whether it's in March. Anyway, I think something's came up, coming up in early November. So what I worry is this is a rolling set of layoffs. Bungie is not the last. Media Molecule is not the last, and that we're likely to hear more happening within Sony. But what's hard to reconcile, I think, of what you're getting at is just days ago, Sony was out there bragging from the highest of hills, saying Spider-Man Two. Like, like one of the biggest hits PlayStation has ever had. Like, look at this game skyrocketing. Like it is it is Insomniac worked their worked their asses off, uh, produce games at a clip in a way that no one else does in the industry at the scale that they do it at. And like, look, that's amazing. And then how do you hold in your hands like that? And then also and also Bungie needs to take a knife to itself and like cut off a bunch of a bunch of chunks. And, and especially given that. Uh, let me pull up, uh, this headline from February 1st, uh, 2022 after, um, Sony, uh, announced that it was acquiring Bungie. Uh, though Bungie employees said leadership had assured them there will be quote, absolutely no layoffs and nothing quote major in terms of restructuring. Once the Sony deal closes, the acquisition represents a notable shift for the Washington based game developer. Uh, you know, obviously no great shock that. And after an acquisition, things do change. This is more than a year after, like, they have integrated themselves into Sony. Um, it is impossible for us to know at this stage uh, whether, like, does the blame lie on uh, bad bets by Bungie? Is this a change in direction from Sony? As we see games as a service games, like, that market tightening. And Sony bought Bungie specifically to try and push further into games as a service. And is it looking like that is increasingly a bet that shouldn't like have as much invested in it is, is, is then Bungie uh, the ones who are dealing with the consequences of, of that uh, decision on, on Sony's part in purchasing Bungie and tasking with that role. Kato alongside this was uh, news that the final shape is going to be delayed until I think the summer, June, Um, the final shape is meant to be the final, Essentially, to put a, a period on Destiny Two, uh, yeah. like this story that has been happening through Destiny, Destiny expansions, Destiny Two, Destiny Two expansions, and Destiny Two may stick around and just function as a hub in the way that World of Warcraft does. But like, there is there's meant to be some sort of uh, finality to uh, yeah. Destiny and the story it's been telling. But they laid off lots. Of, I, I saw that they 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 laid off the composer that has been doing a lot of the yep. music. Uh, for Destiny that is beloved. A lot of the front-facing community folks um, have, have lost their jobs, but people to deal with the notoriously fun and happy Destiny community. Um, uh, <laughs> the people who are on the front lines of of, of trying to under like work with uh, you know the fickle nature of of audiences uh, that are are engaged in sort of games as a service experiences. What is your sense of the Destiny community? Because I feel like you are yeah. best situated in that world like how do people feel this what does this say about destiny as a as a game right now i mean it's it feels rough because like it seems like the game is in a really healthy place for a lot of people like there's always 
the like super deep, like the people, the, the thing that you were talking about of like the, the toxic aspect of that community still does exist in, in, in the depths of the internet. But for the most part, it fe- I felt like a, there was a, a, a huge outpouring of like, uh, you know, sympathy for these developers. And especially there was a lot of community managers that got hit that are the most, you know, outward facing, like they're the people that write the weekly updates that everyone knows and like seeing them get hit uh, with these layoffs, especially has been, has sent waves and like, it's just, it, 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 it really, um, like the fact that the, 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 everything at Bungie got delayed, like um, immediately after this layoff, it's just like, they still needed those people probably, right? Like this is absolutely some sort of somebody moving numbers around on a spreadsheet somewhere. Right. Yeah, Marathon um, also, which I think most yes. people <clears throat> sort of expected to come out in maybe not a 1.0, but some sort of we you'd be playing that game at some point, some point in next year in yeah. some form. Um, according to Bloomberg, uh, uh, Jason Schreier over there, that, that in, in addition to Final Shape being moved, Marathon in whatever form, you know, that game comes out in like we don't know about the structure yeah. uh, of, of that game yet. Uh, other than it having a multiplayer, uh, fo- like an, an arena shooter focus, uh, or is arena shooter the right term? Like, is that how they're characterizing? Is extraction a, shooter? Extraction shooter. That's yeah, what I was. That's yeah. what I was going for. Um, that has now been pushed to 2025. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alongside these structural changes. Yeah. So it's just you know it's a, it's um a little bit heartening to see the community actually just like be on the right side of, of this situation for the most part. Just like actually the game was doing good as far as we can tell. Like like it's 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 trucking along really well towards the final shape and um they're in a kind of impossible position of needing more time because they have less people probably and then but also it's a live service game what are you gonna do for the extra what six five six five five months right it was february to what Mm -hmm. june like i think so yeah there is an expectation that there will be something there for people to do. Um, and I, I think like, I hope that some of the like sympathy carries forward as like, you know, we move on through, um, through destiny, but like through, through the year and like, there might not be anything right. Like, like it's probably the worst possible thing to have to do is, is like spin your wheels in this sort of situation. Cause you, the development time on a lot of this content is really, you know, like they're they're planning this stuff, you know, like a year out. Um, and it's like you got what three months to get something out for January through March. Like it's just it feels like an impossible task, right? Like, yeah, the delay will help them make final shape better, but like it's a live game, right? People expect mm-hmm things to change in at a pretty quick clip and uh it feels uh, it's dire it feels dire <laughs> well and if that if that game goes into a a bad place with the relationship with the audience one you've gotten rid of a lot of the people that are supposed to help manage and communicate that yeah um and in fact like getting rid of them as a res- in, like in this restructuring is kind of a you know it shows what probably all we all already knew which is like Community folks are underpaid, underappreciated, yeah. and the first out the door because they are they can be seen as disposable uh, when, in fact, they are like should be like more critical to how we think about especially these types of games. And like audience management is like a huge 
like thing. And so let's say it goes into a a period where they just sort of declare like, look, there'll be some stuff, but like the game's kind of silent for this period of time while we like work our way to the final shape. It's just the nature of things. Yeah. If that goes poorly, like who's there to deal with it? And when the audience begins to lash out, because that's what these audiences and the worst elements of them do, they're not lashing out at the executives. You know what I mean? Like that's not the people who get the vitriol. It's the like systems UI engineer that like (laughs) is on Twitter saying like not even talking about the game that suddenly gets dogpiled because one of their tweets gets posted to a subreddit and people want to be angry somewhere and at, they don't want to cancel the game. They don't want to not play the game, but they need to then channel that frustration somewhere. And like, it's going to get dumped on the employees that are left behind. And it's not a small studio. So like, I don't want to present like Bungie as like a handful of people keeping the lights on. It's still a big company um, within a big unit within Sony, but yeah. that anger is going to go somewhere. It, does, it doesn't just disappear. It just, it just finds uh, a new place to get splashed on. And I think that, that is the real chance to get pretty ugly pretty fast yeah. uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, is going to hurt a game that was supposed to be like, you know, we had our, you and I had our problems with life. Well, do you play Destiny at all, Janet? Mm-mm. Is that? No. Uh, good for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Thank you. Wow. Uh, I, I keep getting pulled back in as a longtime Bungie <laughs> fan. And, and I talk, I talk through my feelings with Kato, who is a big Destiny fan. Yeah. And, and, and they helped me. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, they helped me work through it. Um, and and part of the reason I got into Lightfall, which I had problems with, but still broadly quite liked, and I was glad mm. that I revisited it to get myself ready for for the final shape. Um, like this was supposed to be a big kind of celebratory moment for this game, and yeah. it could still could be like who knows what things will feel like, um, you know, nine months from now right, as totally. like that lead up is finally happening, but. It's like it's it sucks. Like it sucks for the people who are impacted. It sucks for the people who are blindsided. It sucks for a community that has been a part of this game and this story for this long to then have these external factors feel like it's going to weigh down the on ramp to what should be a really cool moment in which they will almost certainly be upset with the answers that Bungie provides for the story because that's the nature of a conclusion (laughs) to a story go watch lost yeah go go listen to kato and i's lost podcast over the the holidays if i say it enough times it's gonna lost reasons will happen um now that someone said that name yeah i'm like fully committed to it's good all right i'm gonna have to go watch uh, 14 more episodes brush up on some of that stuff that happened in season five um what happened to kate um but uh Yeah, it's it's you know, and as you said, Janet, I think it 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 feeds into this feeling, and I think uh, as folks like all of us that work in media, like we have felt this very acutely as well. It's like you can be working your ass off, you can be doing a good job, and none of it fucking matters. Like yeah. you're still going to be shown the door, you're still going to be uh, asked to work harder if you are one of the folks that gets to keep a job and is left behind, and if you are left out to look for something. It is an increasingly like dog eat dog world. Like there just aren't enough jobs to go around in what we do for a living. And and increasingly, like I would normally say, yeah, this is really sad. It stinks that these like all these layoffs are happening, but like games are so big. Like it's an inconvenience. People might have to move or not move given the uh, increased, uh, you know, remote work options, but they should be able to find a landing place. And now like these numbers get to a place where like, 
maybe you could find a place, but like, does that fit your life? Does that fit like your situation? Like those sorts of jobs feel like they're increasingly going to be hard to find. Yeah, I think too, something that is really unfortunate about having such like an unstable industry as game development, um, which is unnecessarily unstable, but you know, like it is mm-hmm. how it is, um, is it, this is where bad working conditions thrive because from both the development standpoint, the me- I definitely have heard in the media standpoint where it's a lot of, well, I mean, you're lucky you even have like a place to work. So are you going to complain? Like, you know, you can't, you know, go ahead. There's people begging to have your job and that sucks because that's how it becomes difficult to demand more or to seek more when you really feel like you barely have anything to latch onto at all. Um, and yeah, it just creates a lot of darkness, a lot of burnout, a lot of just general like negativity in the space. Um, so yeah, this just like sucks all around. And it, like you mentioned, like there's just not enough positions to really go around and like the idea of finding the right fit. Like it's just, it's such a mess of a, of an industry right now. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have like a, like anything good to say about it. Um, I, I hope that people find something that works for them and that they continue to pursue what makes them happy, even if it ends up not being this anymore, which it does break my heart when people are sort of forced out of the industry, like they're talented and great and want to be there and they just like can't anymore. Um, and I think we're going to see a, a lot of these things uh, come to fruition. And I, and I, you know, again, you don't, we don't know the extent to which PlayStation has a role in this, or if this is like a, you know, more of a microcosm kind of situation, but it definitely does instill additional fear and concern in regards to PlayStation's general push for the live service stuff, because that's, this is something we talked about, like, is PlayStation going to be like shuttering things, making cuts? Um, you know, are they, placing a bet but are they betting with people's livelihoods and the answer is probably yes because they're a company and that's how it tends to go unfortunately um so yeah again i I don't know if this is the result of that um but either way it definitely doesn't instill confidence and definitely also i think it sucks that we're now in the era where acquisitions no longer automatically mean like an aspect of financial stability i feel like back in the day it's like oh well Sure, maybe you lose like some creative aspects potentially, but like you get this big financial backing and this big support. Um, and not that those things aren't still true or assets that people look for when they're looking into making these kind of deals. Like, you know, now when acquisitions happen, like I always mention that hopefully this is something that's like advantageous for the studio. And I'm sure the studio thinks that too, or else they wouldn't be doing the deal kind of situation. But um, there really just isn't any true stability in anything at this point. Um, yeah, the days of like working somewhere for 10, 20, 30 years have, have long been passed. And that's true in a lot of industries. You know, people always mention, oh, well, it's not just games that deals with these things. And that's true. And it, and it sucks in any industry where that happens or where that can't be the case for people. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I think, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help when, you know, so you have uh, uh, P. Parsons, who's the, uh, well, according to his Twitter bio, dad, CEO with Bungie, <laughs> And Bungie Love. And it's like stuff like that. Like, be brave. Be kind. Like, stuff, <laughs> be kind. F racism and social injustice. Like, stuff like that. Oh, man. Like, if you, and then writes things like this on, on social media. Uh, Today is a sad day at Bungie. As we say goodbye to colleagues who have all made a significant impact on our studio. 
What these exceptional individuals have contributed to our games and Bungie culture has been enormous and will continue to be part of Bungie long into the future. These are truly talented people. If you have openings, I would highly recommend each and every one of them. And like reading that bio, reading those tweets, you would get the sense that, you know, gee, just business happens sometimes. And like, these are decisions made at Pete Parsons levels. Again, we don't have insight into was, you know, was did Sony hand over a piece of paper and it said like, find these cuts, however you got to do them possible. But, um, you know, I, I think people over rely on the anecdote that Satoru Iwata, um, you know, who, who passed away a number of years back was the head of Nintendo when Nintendo went through rough times, specifically during the Wii U era, um, talked about how layoffs, like the talented people, that will help you out of a bad spot are the talented people you need to get you to the good spot. And like, that was uh, no more exemplified than going from, you know, the Wii to the Wii U and then to the switch, right? Like you, you kept broadly those same people and they, they, they brought you to a great place um, like over one generational turn. And specifically he like gave up, I forget exactly um, like, but like he made concessions in regards to his personal uh, salary and and things of yeah. that nature, and I think sometimes that's overstated. In like, if Pete Parsons like didn't take any money for a month, but still laid everyone off. But I think what part of what that gets at, um, why people harp on that Awada anecdote so often, is because, and why this Pete Parsons statements ring so hollow, is because it is like a lack of acknowledgement of participation in the process. Like, yeah. you are at the studio, you're the CEO. You chose to be acquired by Sony. So even if even if Sony made these choices, you made the choice to be acquired by Sony. And while I know you can't come out and be like, gee golly, like I'm glad I got all those those millions from the acquisition, but like this really has hurt a lot of people that I care. Like some way of imparting real accountability and empathy. And that's I understand a both a high bar and a low bar to ask of folks <laughs> in these positions, but I do think it's why you end up fueling a lot of anger and resentment to folks like in those positions because they act as though, well, the market demanded like it just that's like just like snow is coming down this yeah. morning outside of my office. Thus, hundreds of people must lose their jobs at Bungie. And it's like, no, like you you're making a decision like it is an act you're participating in, even if there are external pressures and acting as though you aren't a participant. I think it ends up fueling a lot of the cynicism and why. People like, like, do you want to sit here and be like, look at these, I mean, Alan Wake 2, right? Like, another yeah. game of the year, like, is here. Um, and it's just like, that comes, like, ah, we get Alan Wake 2. Oh, you precious little object. I love you. I'm so glad you exist. Oh, video games are great. And then this happens. And it's like, ah. It just feels like we've had that pendulum swing over and over and over this year in a way that, I just can't remember the last time that it's felt this, like, the highs have been so high and the lows have been so low uh, in that way. Yeah, mm. it's been a funky year for sure. And it, it it's interesting, like, I wonder how, kind of like what you mentioned, like, we'll definitely look back on the year and remember, like, the great software. But will we remember all the layoffs and the hard times that have hit the industry in general and how this year, in a lot of ways is already a turning point that like we can't fully see yet, which is scary because it's like, I don't know, kind of like the same way that we're not always privy to, you know, the, you know, people always talk about like, oh, like what's a, a game that didn't end up getting made that like you wish came to full fruition. I'm like, I don't know it because I never 
found out about it because no mm-hmm. one's ever, you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of things getting axed behind the scenes or like things happening that we're not always privy to, um, even being in the industry and covering the industry. So I feel like it's, I think what's so ominous is that feeling of the, what I'm not fully aware of is the developer who's never going to become a developer because they saw this and decided that like, I'm out, you know, they were like, you know, building it and they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pursue this or I was pursuing this and now I'm leaving or I had a job there and I could have made this, but now I'm, you know, the, Mm -hmm. we can't see that we're not getting the switch, right? Because the, you know, the layoffs did hit the Wii U and it never ended up becoming what, what it could have been. Um, and it's not to say that like, Oh, I think it's easy to be like, in a in a world where nothing terrible happens, like nothing but great things get me, you know, it, it's not a one to one. No, but no, this no. feeling of these incredible games are made by these incredible people, and the people that make the things that are so revered by everyone are falling at the wayside and living under constant fear and have to operate like imagine imagine what could be made if people didn't have to fear for their lives and <laughs> their livelihood like the fact that people are even like being able to to do what they do is is a feat in itself and it just i don't know it ends up feeling just sort of there is that weird disconnect of like almost like i shouldn't even really be enjoying what i'm enjoying and doing what i'm doing because the people that make it happen are in such a bad state currently it's 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 a really like i don't know sort of at odds with itself situation yeah and i, and I think the the way you know we've always tried to reconcile that it's it goes back to the original sort of foundational parts of waypoint and something we're continuing at remap is to like forward that stuff like keep it top of mind like it's a it's the topic we're going to lead with and we can still celebrate and dissect and complain about the the games that we're playing and we're loving and we're and we're and we're not loving for whatever reasons but i think that like some of how do we think about this year going forward is on the responsibility of all of us not i don't mean that in just like the the media sense but i mean like as like gaming culture to like make it so that like 2023 is remembered as like that kind of year, one where there were several games released that are going to be like all time favorites, the games that people talk about for the rest of their lives. And also the people that made those games lost their jobs while, <laughs> while making them. Um, and that is, that is something I think we can keep in our heads simultaneously and it can be difficult. Um, but uh, I think it's, it's one of those extensions of, you know, for all the ills of social media, it does personalize the development experience like we are you know it's not layoffs aren't new this isn't the first time the like if this is not new to the video game industry it's happening at a different scale because games are bigger than ever before they're more prevalent in the culture than ever before but layoffs happened uh for cruel uh and and paradoxical reasons in the past but i didn't see that person share you know i uh had a you know like story different stories i saw like on social media like Somebody worked at one of, I don't know if it was Bungie or one of the other recent places. The problem is that so many of these have happened that the stories get mixed up. But like they had had a stroke earlier this year and were still working there and now have lost their job while they're in recovery. Um, a different person who had silently gone through cancer treatment and like is working through the other side of that and now doesn't have a job. And those are awful things that happen to uh, people I don't know, but I do value the fact that I hear their stories. I think the fact that we feel can feel bad or feel conflicted about enjoying games is 
is valuable. Like there is a human aspect, like these people, these games are made by people. And so again, like the X Twitter is crumbling all around us. But in the broader sense, I do appreciate then when these moments happen, like I'm able to con- like connect with like the human side of that equation by hearing people speak out about their situations. And uh, I do appreciate that because that was not something that was true, you know, 15 years ago when we were going through uh, familiar cycles. But uh, with that, we're going to try, we're going to try and think out, you know, two sides of our brain. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, you know, we ate our vegetables. We're going to take a break. We'll talk about some video games um, and uh, we'll be right back. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar, you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, Because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein. Has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com slash remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code remap at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hey, REMAP Radio listeners. Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately, my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately, for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's right, that's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. 
That's code REMAP50 at factormeals.com slash REMAP50 to get 50% off. And we're back. Uh, Janet, you mentioned that you've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Um, uh, a studio, as far as we know, hasn't released a game of the year and then immediately done layoffs. Like, I reserve the right for horrible things to happen around Larian. <laughs> but so far, like, I'm, I'm knocking on Ikea wood that it's instead just like a kind of a cool story of a, a small RPG studio turning into a, a juggernaut. But... What is what has been? I don't know any of your history with RPGs. Like, what's your relationship with the genre and how you arrive at, at Baldur's Gate three? My relationship is a little a little paper thin. I feel like it's a it's a lot of like oh it's like is this an RPG? It's like uh, RPG elements. I think I I roll with a lot more than formal RPGs. I mean, obviously, like I'm hitting a Pokemon, but like that's not you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not Pokemon. is Pokemon an RPG? Yes. Can we get, can we get yes. a verdict? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is, but Absolutely. It's like, it okay. is giving babies first RPG, and that's yes. not that the games yes. aren't like great. Um, I think the um, and then it depends on if you want to how specific you want to get because like me and my partner have this conversation a lot with RPGs where he's like, well, I'm talking for him when he's talking RPGs, he's talking like Fallout, like character creator versus like I. I probably be like a like, I'm a like dragon doing different values yes. for strength and dexterity and intelligence. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like versus like like a dragon where it is an RPG but like you're a character like a pre you know it's a story like it's sort of just There's different. role playing and then yes. there's I think when people mean RPG that can mean like under the hood like yes. messing with character builds and and things like that. Yeah, and obviously like the under the hood aspects vary on how whatever, right? So like for the for if we're talking making a character like full on like you could fully role play this and really like imagine who you are and all that. The the history is not super rich. You know, I've dabbled here and there. I think the thing that really makes it difficult for me to play, whether, you know, hardcore RPGs or like under the hood RPGs is the length of the game. Cause again, it's like, Oh yeah. Like I, be- I beat and play a lot of games. Yeah. Cause they're like, not too big. Twenty like to thirty the, hours, not yes. eighty to a hundred hours. Yeah, I get so like intimidated by that, and it's something I'm really trying to work on because I don't want to keep being this person, you know, where I'm like, oh, let, let's just let's just start it. And I'm like, no, why am I gonna, start, you know? So that's something I, I'm sort of working against or working through. Um, but with Baldur's Gate three, it was interesting approaching it because. Uh, by the time I got to it, like I'd already, you know, it was out. It had the buzz. Everyone loved it. Everyone's like, this is fantastic. And I went in really nervous because I'm like, this is either going to absolutely hit for me or absolutely not. And I'm like, what if it doesn't hit for me? And then I like miss out on because it sounds so on paper, like a, a me thing, like the choice aspect. Like I love decisions in games. Like I love, you know, narrative stuff, visual novels. So I'm like, OK, this seems just like that with like cool combat. So I'm like, that sounds great. Let's see. Where-. And, you know, I started playing it. I'm very, very, very early. I'm act one, probably chapter one. My game says 10 hours. I feel like I've done two things. Like I've walked like eight feet in this, <laughs> in this world. Like I left it's- that opening air, like the mind flare, the ship. And then I like did a couple things on the ground, but I'm not, it's a lot of like, I'm finding funny hats and chess. I'm t- yeah. I have the thing where I can, um, the first thing I Googled, like, 
in the character creator. I'm like, Baldur's Gate 3, class for talking to animal, class race animal talk or whatever, right? <laughs> Getting all the SEO. Yeah. And I'm like, whoever shows up on Google first wins my class. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like, maybe if you're really jank and I've never seen you, I'm like, okay, let's go a little bit. You know, hit up like, you know, Polygon or somebody. But uh, yeah, so I have, um, so I'm a, a druid and a, I don't know, an elf or something. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, I just want to talk to animals. Like, I don't really care about everything else. What you, um, whatever I got to do to that. Like, I got to yes. be an orc. Fine. Orcs talk to animals in this world. I'm an orc. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally just basing on in the animal part and then a little bit on like, maybe like fun spell casting stuff. Because I like doing that just in games in general. Like, I like those kind of abilities. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, that's how I operate in the world. I made my little character. Um, then I made like my other character and I was like, okay, cool. And then I like kept on going, but I, I love this. Like it's, I just, the writing is so good and so thorough and the options are so vast. I also love that it's, you know, obviously like a streamlined, you know, video gamified version of, what would be the tabletop game, right? D and D, where I'm, I've not done D and D yet, and mm. I've done, but I want to do D and D. But I'm a long way away from like getting there. I'm currently working through, got Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, mm-hmm. I think is Whoa. what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> which is a lot of like, okay, now for the next part on this one man's YouTube series where he's like. Welcome to Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Do you have 30 minutes for me to explain what the book also tells you, but you don't understand? I'm like, yep, let's strap in. <laughs> and we do like one scenario. And they're like, congratulations on finishing scenario 1A, side A. Now, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's a lot. You know, I'm like, I wrote my little character name on the paper. I'm Slagathor, shout out to Scrubs. You know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. But so that's like my only experience with like that the tabletop aspect. So I'm like, okay, this is like, so cool because it gives you all the fun like the the freaking dice roll is like the most satisfying thing i think i've done in a video game this year and then you can customize your die to look different ways like there's just there is everywhere you look i feel like there's something to love about this game um so i'm just i'm thoroughly enjoying the adventure and i've totally embraced the fact that this is a game that's going to take me four thousand hours to be (laughs) in in 10 years from now i'm going to be like Guys, I'm still working on my like this. <laughs> this is gonna be like the Ring Fit Adventure of non-fitness game. Well, I've been playing Ring Fit Adventure since the day it came out. Still haven't beat it yet, but I'm getting real. I'm what? real far. But but your relationship with your body, Janet, is an ongoing story. Does it really have yeah. an ending? Well, I guess you die. I guess that's your ending. But, and then you find out <laughs> which pit of super Drago. hell that you went to. And then, I don't know if Ring Fit, but Ring Fit might help you, right? Like if you are. Like if your body's good to go when you when you hit the ground in super hell, like exactly. maybe you can claw your way out, you know, more it's than a very people. Constantine image of hell that you have. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just rewatched Constantine the other day. Like it's so hold up. I I quite liked that movie when it I came love, out. I, I love Constantine. Some people don't like that movie. And I'm like, really? Like Well, I it's not it. very my understanding is like, you know, Keanu does a lot uh like like really carries uh, that film, but it's not super accurate to, was it Hellblazer? I think is the like actual comic that Constantine is from. It's See, not, once again, not reading is messing all up. Like, <laughs> I didn't read anything and I had a great time. <laughs> I'm with you. I have, I have very fond memories of, of that original uh, movie. And I think you'll still I, like it. You might not, you might acknowledge that's not like, I get what I kind of get why people don't like, you know, it's not mm-hmm. exactly the most the highest film i've ever seen but like i love that film to pieces so i think you'd, you'd still like it but 
uh, I, I'm in the same boat with you as uh, like being averse to, uh, you know, longish games. I mean, obviously my circumstances a little different where it's like my free time is just so precious where uh, like a, between a combination of figuring out what am I going to talk about on a podcast and, and cover and like trying to cover all my bases, like a game like Baldur's Gate 3, which it always it pains me because I uh, adored Divinity Original Sin, which was one of the previous games that Larian made uh, some years back. I, one of my all-time favorite RPGs, a tremendous amount of fun. And by all accounts, Baldur's Gate 3 is like, do you like that game? Like, mm-hmm. what if it was like way fucking better? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I bet I, I bet I would like that game. Uh... It's like, it is. I just don't exist in the world where I can play that. Um, and, you know, if I didn't have this job where I could just kind of chip away at a game over the course of a year, then like that's a different scenario, but um, uh, it bums me out because it ends up me like, it's like, it stinks to look at something like, ah, I would really enjoy eating that, that dish, but like, it's so big and I have to eat all of it. So I just throw the rest away. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, I just never opened it. I hand it off to somebody else. It's not as though I've played three hours and then you should start it. Cause I I have such a hang up about finishing things. It will, Like if I never start it, I never have to feel bad about not finishing it. Yeah. Um, oh. And 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 that is the thing that will will hang over me. But you only haven't finished it for like when you give up on it. You know what mm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm still like it took me, <laughs> it took me like four years. I swear to God to finish like Yoshi's Woolly World with my brother because we wanted to get all the flowers and we didn't have a lot of time to like align. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. classic, classic long RPG, you know, we, uh, Yoshi's <laughs> Willy World. World, you know, sometimes like sometimes the fridge is not as heavy as you think it would be, mm. you know, but it takes a while to knock it over. I um, same that. with like Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Like I started that when the PlayStation 5 came out and I finished it like January 1st of this year. With <laughs> oh. I was like, I will drag y'all to greatness. I do not care. We are, we're staying until the routine is clean. So. It's not, you did not finish it until you stopped playing it. It's like, I'm still, no, I'm still working on it. It mm. took me for, I beat Breath of the Wild like this year. And I started <laughs> it the day time. the Switch came out. The night the yeah. Switch came out, I, I jumped off that gray plateau with everybody else, you know, midnight GameStop release. Like I was there and I finally finished it. So like you could, you know, I, I believe, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was I was on Kato about this recently where, uh, you know, I started Tears of the Kingdom, you know, when it came out and quite liked it. Played like 15-ish hours and then True. life and other games took yeah. over and suddenly I realized I'd fallen off like my daily interaction with that game and it had just been a game I'd stopped playing uh, for no particularly good reason. And I was like, shit, I, I guess I'm just never going to finish that game. And then I was like, oh. But, you know, Nintendo's probably going to re-release that uh, as part of, like, the Switch 2 or Switch Pro. Like, how many people wouldn't, like, love to play that? Like, if you have a hacked PlayStation 2, you can play Tears of the Kingdom at 60 <laughs> frames a second um, at, at the moment. It's like, so I'm sure the next Switch will be capable of doing that as well. And so for me, it is actually following in line with what you're saying, is I've invented a reason. I haven't given up on it. I'm just waiting for Nintendo to give me the upgraded <laughs> version of the game. That's so, so I haven't stopped though. playing Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a more appropriate visual uh, uh, aesthetic to drop. Uh, and then uh, at 60 frames a second, I mean, I'll probably finish the game faster. Like, there's more frames. 
So like mm-hmm. we'll just be. That's what's holding you back. The that's what's holding me back. That's what holding yeah. me back. And then um, I, you know, when we when we streamed uh, that game some uh, months back when it came out, uh, I think Kato, Rob, and I. Well, saying I was present is maybe an exaggeration of my role in that stream um, <laughs> because it was Kato and Rob spending 90 minutes at the character selection screen, <laughs> then realizing there was a second character to, to mess make. around with and me leaving and going, I have to go be a parent. And I think in that stream, they played all of five minutes of quote unquote actual yeah. mm-hmm. game yeah. because of your sort of like lack of history with RPGs and like creating characters and like obsessing over stat sheets. Did you spend a ton of time in there or was it as simple as what's the animal talking oh, character? And I then live like in click, there. click, 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 click. You live. It in wasn't there. as, okay. it wasn't as hard as it's funny because like in, you know, cause I'm playing games all the time, like on my, in my living room TV. So like once I hit the character creator in any game, like my partner's like, all right, like you're not going to do anything for like another hour. So I'll just kind of <laughs> mosey on back because it, ta- it takes me forever because I try to, I usually try to make myself in the game mm. ra- rarely succeed that well because I don't know what I look like <laughs> is what I realized. Um, oh, I do, you like- st- do you stop and you're like, I've done it. I've made Janet. And then your boyfriend looks at you and goes like, have you looked in a mirror? Like, oh, so sometimes I'll year? ask him like, hey, how do I like make this look more like me? Like which one of these eyes looks kind of like my eyes? Or I'll look at, um, I've like done it on stream and I'm like, like staring at my webcam like, <laughs> is this what I look like? You know, and it's like, there's always, I've been wanting to, I, this is something I've like on the list of things I want to do. I want to collect all the different versions of myself I've made across games and like, I don't know, post them somewhere, like, you know, be like, okay, these are all the me's, like, me from, like, Fallout 3, that one day I was like, what if I started Fallout 3, <laughs> you know, Fallout 4, whatever, um, you know, me in, like, just all these different iterations, but, yeah, I spent a while, but not as long as I normally spend, because I feel like, in a good way, like, I think it was, it, it wasn't as detailed as some other character creators, but sometimes I do think the level of detail in a character creator ends up impeding the creation to a degree because it's like okay i'm not like i'm not a developer i'm like i can't i, I can't do a lot with like four, 87 foreheads and they're labeled one through 87 i'm like <laughs> this doesn't become meaning oh how far your forehead sticks out like the, like, it, it's like <laughs> when you get 2k level it's like now i'm kind of making like a a weird monster version of me because it's so mm-hmm. particular i'm like what angle would you say my nose cuts in at? You know, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, this isn't even anybody. So because I was making a character, but not necessarily making myself in Baldur's Gate 3, because I, you can't, there's not enough tools to really try to make it look exactly like me, other than maybe like skin tone and like a couple of key features or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to make someone that like looks cool or like, like this is me in Baldur's Gate, but not like it's not literally like trying to look like me, like going for realism. So it didn't take quite as long. And then I love that you get the second character because then it was like, okay, there's me in the world, like in my mind, like this is what I would look like if I was in the game. And then there's like what my friend would look like. And I'm like, my friend looks cool. My friend has horns. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Um, So it didn't take as long as I thought it would. So it kind of worked. And I knew the second character was coming because I saw a lot of, you know, like TikToks and things with people having the same experience that, um, you and Rob had Kata where it's like, okay, and now we play the game. Oh, wait, nope, oh, wait. now we do it again. Uh, okay. it, again. <laughs> I, it was so fun because none uh, of us had booted the game up before. So it's not, we could have easily yeah. been accused of doing a bit 
where it's like, oh, look, of course, oh, yeah. Patrick, the person who spends no time in the character creator, just sort of hits random until something looks all right and then moves on. And then we did this for 90 <laughs> minutes and then there's another one. And then Patrick's going to run off stream. Clearly, yeah. they set that up. No, no. like was, know arrived at <laughs> arrived at that tension naturally. Uh. Which, Kato, how did you and Rob go about? Was it like a joint creative effort or did you we were trying to make it look like anything specifically or was it just like the vibes? Yeah, it was it was kind of joint. Rob was mostly leading, like it was gonna be his character that he was playing through. Mm-hmm. So like, I would give suggestions here and there about things. We would bounce ideas off each other, but you know, it's just a lot of going down. And we didn't get too far in the weeds on the sliders, honestly. But it was mostly like considering all of the different class options and really talking about talking through that bit because. Uh, I played D and D five five edition, so I can like kind of help guide him through what all these different sure, yeah. things mean. Um, so there was a there was it was a lot of that, honestly. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a collaboration, uh, a, a Rob led collaboration. <laughs> nice. Uh, elsewhere, um, I've been playing uh, a little bit more Super Mario or. Yeah, no, Super Mario. I always want to say new Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And I was like, one. even though it is a game in line <laughs> with the new Super Mario Brothers game, it's a it's new not Super right. Mario game. It's, it's a new Super Mario game, but it is Super not Mario. new Super Mario Brothers Wonder. It is just Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to uh, really sit with this one because I don't get a Mario game all that often. I'm hoping, like, crossing my fingers, that the lack of a sequel to Odyssey, other than Bowser's Fury, means that they they're saving that for like the next switch and the idea of like a new Mario game launching on like brand new, excellent hardware is just, well, then I'll never finish tears of the kingdom because I'm just going to play that <laughs> Mario game instead. Cause that's truly in my heart of hearts what I want. And so uh, the new Mario game is rare. Like I'm always excited for them. And I always like to like really just enjoy every, it's why I collect everything in the games because it's a way of just slowing my, my progress in them. But well, one of the uh, couple of things I wanted to, to remark upon that I hadn't really played with, prior to the last couple of nights was this game has like a really interesting multiplayer mode. Um, now, obviously you can play with other people at once, um, but there is like a like an asynchronous single player multiplayer mode where you have limited interactions with other players in kind of an expansion on something you'd see in Dark Souls, right? Yeah. Like in a Souls game, you can see other players running around. You can see them like rolling. Like there's kind of just specters but they're not uh like you're not following one of these specters like how do i get up this area like what strategy did they employ it's not something that specific um uh that's more uh you know uh lined up with the notes that people leave on the ground in those games but in in wonder it's totally optional you got to go to a little (laughs) connective tower that's like on the world map it's like you want to connect to the internet and it's like well, not really. It seems like a destructive force, but uh, <laughs> sure. You know what? For the purposes of this game, why not? Turn turn that bad boy on. And what it does is it randomly matches you up with a bunch of different people who are entering into the level at the same time. Um, and they're in the world with you, but as sort of shadow creatures. And they're in some ways, it's neat in a uh, sort of... Um, just an observant level because let's say you're trying to find like the second hidden purple coin. It's like, where is it? Where is it? And it's like, well, why is that player going off over there? That doesn't even look like that's on the main path. Mm. And that can be kind of a clue towards like exploring the space in a way that you aren't thinking of. Um, I also had a situation where uh, I had 
an extra power up and somebody got hurt and you can, you don't see how they got hurt, but you can see them shrink in real time and like lose mm. their power. And it's like, Hey man, I've got an extra uh, elephant power up. You can drop it. And then other players can grab that in the world. And it's, it's listed off in the corner, like, like peach helped Mario or whatever. And like, it's just a really neat layer of like mild interaction between players that I found just like unbelievably charming i don't know that i'm going to keep it on for the whole game but i find myself sure. ev- like every once in a while just flicking it on doing a couple levels with it and have really enjoyed that kind of passive but like still active level of interaction with other people in in the world Did, have you messed with that at all janet no i've just been playing multiplayer with my family um okay. which is going all it's mixed <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> like the multiplayer is really good. I think two people is probably perfect. Three, mm-hmm. you can totally do it. Do not do four. Do not do four. Four. <laughs> they got rid of collision, right? So that's like a yes. huge fundamental difference between the last series of these types of games and Wonder. Is they in the previous centuries when you played multiplayer, whether it was two or four, like there was collision, like yeah. f- like physics. Inter- like you jump into each other and you can mess up each other's jumps. And I, I think arguably, like was part of the fun, but didn't necessarily lend itself to like a serious like gaming session. It was more like, hey, are we just screwing around? Like, are you like trying to push each other into the lava? Like what what is the goal of this session? Well, it's not necessarily to get to the end of the level. Um, whereas in Wonder, by removing the collision, it changes your relationship with the other players. Yeah. The only con to removing the collision is that you also can't jump on people like to like get extra height. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how to get I got to I got to get good to get up there. Like, <laughs> who wants to hold who can hold down Y and hit B at the same time? Can't enough just to, like, stomp somebody propel yourself <laughs> up there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I, the, the thing that gets a little unwieldy. Because the, the multiplayer is really solid. Like when two to three people totally fine had a blast and a half. For it, you start to feel the the weight of the camera shifts because the camera follows like the assigned main player, which I do think you can change, but not. It's not like you can. I don't know how to change it. I'll be honest, and I never really figured it out. And I think the spaces are just zoomed in enough that with four, it takes the fun out of like moving to the level, just because you have you'd have to really coordinate it. It'd be like, yeah. okay, we're all going down and to the left. Well, I'll wait. <laughs> it's like you have you really have because otherwise people, you know, they end up being ghostified really quickly and it just gets like very unwieldy. Um and there's definitely some levels where like they're just not designed for two people, even. No. So then four is like like mo- mostly more of like the the one-off, like kind of quick hit gimmick levels, which I really like. Um at first I when I first encountered them, I'm like, I don't know if I'm that into these. They're kind of they sort of feel a little reminiscent of like the end of Yoshi levels where it's like, oh, Yoshi can like throw an egg and like, you know, so get, set get some things. It's, it's yes. not really what Mario has been built around in the past, but there are, and they're not really one-offs. Like they are every like third stage, usually centered around the wonder seed, often a wonder seed that uh, is hidden, right? Like usually you get a wonder seed for uh, like jumping to the top of the pole and like beating the level. And like that's, if you just collect those and beat each level, you can like progress in the game. But if you want to do more of the collectible aspect, often there is these other uh, uh, seeds that you can find. And that often triggers like 
the world functioning in a radically different way and does something, like I said, that I don't think Mario games really do, which is like to have a big, exciting step, maybe in bosses, right? I think it's usually confined right. to boss battles where you see like the worlds do something fundamentally uh, different. Um, and here it's a pretty regular cadence that like, whoops, like now the world has a giant snowball that I'm like climbing on top of to get to the end of. Yeah, and there's, they kind of use them besides just being set pieces. Also, like there's aspects of tutorialization, which is also a rare thing for the for Mario Wonder, where there's explicit tutorials for like the, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what what badges, um, badges is the yeah. name of the like sort of different power up, and they're inherently meant to like kind of make the game a little bit easier. But I also just like them just for the fun of it, like the fun of having like a giant cap that you can glide through, or like the I think the dolphin kick is like a great way to make a water level a little bit better and a little smoother. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, my only sadness is that you can't swap bad, like different people can't have different badges. Like it's one badge for your party and that's it. Um, also another surprising thing with the multiplayer is if you die, it's a life per person. Like every person has like, if you have like 10 lives, like, and you die, you lose like three of those lives. If you have a party of three. And I'm like, yeah, I, I experienced this with, uh, fortunately my three-year-old has not asked to play again, but, Real albatross on like you're just weighing down. <laughs> hey, kiddo, really weighing down the team because she was mostly just getting dragged along by sure, yeah. everybody else. And she'd get dragged, either fall into a pit or turn into a bubble. And then if we didn't get to her in time, expire in five, expire, <laughs> violently die <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in in wonder. And all of a sudden we ran out of lives after like three stages. What it's happens like, oh, for the game over? Is it just uh, back to the home screen well like what, like, what do they say uh, like, do we didn't get to like, a game happens? over we didn't get to a game over a game over because i wasn't dead because okay. i'm not uh i'm a skilled player i'm not a coward uh like the rest of my children um i learned i learned in the mario minds how to how to play um but what ends up happening is they uh you'll jump into a level and if you don't have extra lives like the pl- other players aren't there and so oh. i have to collect coins to bring yeah so it like essentially punished my, it's it's a bad system uh, I've read what like some other parents have done is like they've gotten through the game and then you end up with so many coins and you can just go purchase hundreds of oh, them yeah, no. for a trivial amount, trivial amount of extra like purple coins and then play with your kids and they don't have like it's like it's just just let me turn it off. The lives don't do anything. There's no punishment for a game over. You just get a game <laughs> over screen and then they give you 10 lives again or whatever. Like, so why? I was I was joking. Why about, is it like, even here? Because we didn't hit the game over, um, but we got really close and I was like. Imagine if you have to do everything again, <laughs> like kind of like no, a, a I, Mario I'm pretty Six sure coinsification. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I, I haven't hit it, but I, th- I no, think it is I'm probably sure as nothing. light as like game over, like do 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 do, yeah. and then like, like here's poof. ten lives, like <laughs> exactly. go back to the stage. Again. Um, the thing that um got us um with the lives was the Bull Rush Express level. I also love that there's like difficulties like for the levels, and I'm intrigued to check out more of the higher difficulty ones just because I think they offer a little bit more in the way of just like exploration and intrigue um, outside of like just the surprise of, oh, there's kind of the snowball thing you mentioned where it's like, oh, the pole's there, but like it's not there. And like, that's kind of cool. Cause like, you know, again, after playing a million Mario games, what's fun about wonder is the way that it's sort of is a nod to like your understanding of like how the levels are generally designed, but they're like, but this one's a little different. And and there's something that you really can get a kick out of for that. Even like um, like I mentioned, I, I'm only like in the second world, but like fighting Bowser Jr. and like God, oh, having him where he's like big and then you're small and then you're small. It's like, that's not that 
ridiculously innovative. But for me, I was like, oh, he's different. Like, that was really <laughs> exciting to see. Because I'm like, oh, like, it's like a little different than what you expect, even though, again, still same formula we're just jumping on people's heads we've been doing that forever but it's Mm -hmm. anything that can kind of make that a little bit fresh is fun but playing bull rush express and trying to get you know all the coins or like hit the p-switch in time with like my party of three at the time was super fun because we did struggle with it so we got to have that good multiplayer like strategy moment that you don't always get in a in a platformer like this where it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to stay in the back and like this person's going to lead. And like, if you mess up, like it's like, Oh no, stay alive. Like we had like a lot of really good chaotic and organic moments from that level. Like, um, because there's a lot of things that sort of push you along in a cool way. Like there was a moment where my brother would always make it to the end for some reason. And we're like, okay, like you just got to finish it. And he like jumped through and he like jumped up into a pipe and right to the left of the pipe was one of the, like the big coins but he like went so quickly that he missed it. And we're like, no, now we have to do it over. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like it just, I like, I had no control over it. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm the only one even alive to begin with. So can you really backseat me? Like you guys didn't make it, you know? Um, and I love that moment for us because it, it did have like a moment of, of pushback and fun and intrigue and kind of, I think woke us up from those beginning levels that are, you know, pretty easy to easy going until the game kind of starts cooking and showing you more of its ideas. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a good time. And then we added a fourth and then we're like, mm, I think we need to stop playing. Sorry. <laughs> it was really Not awkward sending too. out that fourth invite. Uh, it, next was so, time. it was awkward too. Cause it was my friend Eddie who had like had came over and he's like, Oh yeah, I'll come through. And I'm like, yeah, man, it goes up to four more than me. And then like he jumped in and we're like, Ooh, you ruined the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's nothing personal. Like, you know, I'm like, you know what? It's oh. fine. I have Jackbox. Like we'll play that. It's okay. Um, but yeah, well, that being said, I, I don't know what my trajectory for this game looks like because I, I do want to play it with Isaiah and my brother and my brother doesn't live with me anymore. And I don't know like what we're doing and like everyone's old. So like, he's like, oh, if you want to just play it for work without me, that's okay. I don't mind. I'm like, no, nah, like, I want to play. Like, I, I don't know what we're doing. And I feel it's funny talking to other people in the game's media space who are doing the multiplayer with their family because everyone's kind of like. Yep, we're eight levels in. Like, who knows when we're playing? Like, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But I'd like to, I definitely want to finish it. I mean, it's like, it's a Mario game and it's good enough. You know, it's a, it's a step in, I think, a more positive direction than 2D Mario has been in. Yeah, So it doesn't, like, hit as hard as, like, you know, what, again, I feel like kind of a Mario makes it sound like a million years old, but I'm like, you know, it doesn't hit the way the Game Boy Advance did, but like <laughs> nothing ever will, you know? But like, no, I mean, I think they have different, they have different, like the, uh, they're like distinct eras of 2D Mario and like the new Super Mario Brothers that came out in the DS, I think in 2006 was like, it, it there's, they're just, they're, they're running in different tracks. They're yeah. not trying to accomplish the same thing. And so That's where Mario was giant, right? Yes. Yes. And like that, that is, that is like Walk where we're through. at. I mean, it's. It's, yeah, and like it's had cool ideas. I think Wonder is the best execution of this take on 2D Mario. But I think the train has long left the station where, like, if you want what you were getting out of 2D Mario, it's happening more in the 3D games, right? Like, obviously, yeah. the presentation is different, but like the scale of challenge, what is asked of the player on like a like dexterity level, is happening in the 3D games, and so. I, I understand that this game is never going to have to demand out of me the same. Sometimes like some of the badge challenges like scratch at that where they ask you to do things that are 
like really uh, challenging for the for the player. But broadly, that's happening in those three games. So like, look, they're going to make another one of those. Like, it's been so long since Odyssey. It has been so long. Like, Odyssey was a game that was supposed to come out on you know the Wii U, and then was moved to the Switch. And and Bowser's Fury is a really interesting pseudo open world take on on Mario. I've been rooting for hoping that Bowser's Fury was actually like the template for what they're going to do with uh, whatever uh, is the, the proper follow-up to Odyssey. But uh, yeah, I'm with you that they're fun. It's the best version of one of these yet, but I, I also don't think it's, um, it's not a revelation. It's just like a really good evolution of these ideas that they've been, they've been playing with. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, jump over to letters. Um, you can write in to questions at remap radio dot com uh, if you'd like to uh write in with some questions to all of us um hello gex friends which is izzy has Great. uh <laughs> written in before with uh look up uh izzy kestrel on uh, social media and you'll find someone uh very obsessed with gex i mean aren't we all hello again gex friends janet's story about the miss pac-man arcade one up cabinet made me want to share my arcade one up related curse as well I got suckered into an impulse buy of the Simpsons machine, which was on a sale for a meager $200. I did not have any specific affinity for the game, but I did think it would be fun to hack it and install some emulators. Mm. We call them hacked PS2s around here, please, Izzy. (laughs) Uh, Of course, I did not have the good sense to discuss this purchase with my husband, as he was asleep at the time, and the window for this incredible deal was closing fast. When the cabinet arrived, I attempted to retrieve it myself, only to realize how incredibly large and heavy it was. <laughs> I had to climb back up the three flights of stairs to my condo unit and shamefully ask my husband for help. After about a year of collecting dust and doubling as board game storage, as there's ample room inside, I just recently donated it to my local community art center wow. with the intent to develop a bespoke game for it in collaboration with some local artists. I am thankful to be rid of it and happy it went to a good home. <laughs> I assume the art center will be happy too, at least once I find the time to actually do the promised development work and someone paints over the aggressive Simpsons branding. Years prior to the Simpsons incident, I purchased a Razy Crazy cart for $300, which was also delivered to my home and caused my then partner a bit of a shock. Uh, I believe I have a video I can link in here um, for folks to see what is a crazy cart. Um. Uh, which was also purchased or delivered to my door and caused my then partner a bit of a shock. Unlike The Simpsons, however, my friends and I got years of action out of that child-sized go-kart. There's a lever you can pull up to drift. Need I say more? Anyway, my my question is, have you ever casually made a purchase and find yourself in shock when the item showed up, dramatically larger and or heavier than you expected? (laughs) Was it a disaster or were you at least able to turn it into a fun anecdote for, say, a podcast that your partner was able to laugh about in time stay gexy izzy kestro p.s i cannot stress how important it is that you check out some videos of the crazy cart the gymkhana parody is probably what sold me on it and yes it's just as fun even if you're not a professional uh stunt driver uh this is um that's amazing so what they're talking about is a video that i've i've linked to to janet and kata which if you want to look up yourself uh is is under the crazy cart tv uh YouTube channel uh, titled uh, Ken Box Crazy Cart Gymkhana. Ah, and you'll be able to this is watch amazing. someone zip around in one of these uh, carts, which I have to admit. have seen these Gymkhana videos, like the original version of Jim Con- what Gymkhana is, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole like drifting, uh, drifting cars around obstacle courses and in, in between spaces that cars should not be drifting through. Uh, mm mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's just that, but with a tiny, tiny go kart. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, incredible. Um, so I don't have I don't have a specific instance of a buying something and like unanticipating the size. But I did have an arcade cabinet when I lived in San Francisco. Um, and we went to I forget what there's a there's a there's a big arcade gathering that happens near San Jose and I can't remember what it's called. Um California shit the name will hopefully maybe come to me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We uh went out there because you can stay in the hotel and walk down from the hotel California to, like Extreme. play all these art California Extreme. There it is. Nice. Um you can go down there like get drinks like play all these arcades on on free play they have just an amazing amount it's like super cool but all it's not just a uh that you're paying to access an arcade there's a lot of wheeling and dealing that happens here so a lot of california extreme is people bringing their stuff to trade buy sell so there's a bunch of marketplace that's happening at california extreme as well and we had this enormous unwieldy kitchen in the last apartment we had in san francisco we had what people call i think a shotgun apartment where it's kind of like vertical like if you imagine <laughs> yeah. like like an the letter i like that's what the apartment more was and so the rooms were particularly big but it went back pretty far and the kitchen was just overwhelmingly big and Oof. so we go to california extreme and didn't have a lot of money at the time so it's not like as, though, as though we were a couple uh like Got money to spend. Where are we going to spend it? Uh, was definitely not the case. And, uh, but we saw this Neo Geo machine. Um, and specifically, it was Ooh. Bust a Move, you know, the game where you line up like the colored bubbles. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I don't know, it was like $600. And that would be a lot for us to have on an extraneous purchase at the time. Plus, we were in San Jose and didn't have a car that could get it back up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but I had a friend, um, Steve Kim, I believe uh, is, is his name. I'm not sure where Steve has ended up these days, but a uh, big arcade collector. And I had met him there and he asked, like, if you want to get a machine, let me know. Let me do the purchasing because I know how much these actually cost. And like, I don't want you to get ripped off. And I was like, that's nice. But like, I don't have a toe for my car. Like, I don't have a way. He's like, I'll get it back to say, I'll get it back to your apartment. I was like, what do you mean you get it back to my apartment? He's like, I know everybody and i was like all right I was like well so i guess in theory i could get it for a decent price uh in theory he says he'll be able to get it back but you know i asked my wife about it she's like shut the fuck up like no like we're not buying and i was like reasonable that was a very reasonable mm -hmm. shut the fuck up <laughs> but then the night went on mm. we had a couple more drinks and we found ourselves in front of that bust a move uh, machine again. And it would have been a very practical purchase because it's not just a bust a move machine. It's a Neo Geo machine, which means mm. you can open up the cabinet, right. put in different carts. Right. You could have different games. Um, but I, it was not for me. I, I, I needed her to be uh, involved in the purchase and sign off on it because our finances were like, we got we're doing, we're spending over hundreds of dollars. It has to be a mutual decision that we're doing this. And she was playing the machine and, just a murderer's row. Suckers lined up, disposed of, gone, gone. She is just wrecking people <laughs> in 1v1. And I have a distinct memory of her turning to me, fairly intoxicated, but having vanquished like her seventh foe. And she said, 
we're buying this fucking arcade machine. Yes! I'm like, okay. Uh, twelve thirty at night. You know, I text my buddy uh, Steve, and I'm like, uh, I'll ask my you know wife uh, sober in the morning, but she thinks she wants it if you can get it for this price. And you really think you can handle the transport? He's like, I can handle the transport. I'll find someone that's essentially was going to bring up other arcade machines mm-hmm, and right. would be able to drop it off along the way. And he was. He was able to get it for me for like 300 bucks, like under the threshold we set for ourselves. He that's said, just amazing. drive back up to your apartment. There'll be someone there like an hour later. And somebody was. And they were experienced with getting apartments in or uh, arcades in. Were able to navigate <laughs> it through a very tight space. Get it set up in, in the apartment. And I had a... I had an arcade machine, um, and that's how we got a very unwieldy purchase into into our apartment in San Francisco. It ended up being left behind because when we moved back to Chicago, I was gonna ask, um, yeah. <laughs> the the cost the cost of fuel, like when you are moving things, like you're not right. really pay- like you're paying for weight, and the weight of that thing was like three times the cost that I paid for it. I was like, mm. I didn't have the money for it. Um, uh, so I, I gave it to, uh, 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 Ryan Davis who, you know, rest in peace. I worked with a giant bomb at the time. Um, so it was going to a good home. Yeah. Um, and I think it's at his, I think that machine ended up at his brother's place, um, after he passed, but, uh, I still regret not having it. I don't really have a place for it in my house because all the kids stuff take up mm-hmm. a bunch of different space, but I, I miss it. I wish, I desperately wish I still had it in I the corner of the garage somewhere, right? <laughs> that garage the needs, the garage needs to be kind of renovated. Like yeah, the, you're yeah. right. There are, there would be a spot for it, but like I need to get some of that stuff where you hang stuff on the ceiling and mm. hang stuff uh, on the wall. Yeah. If I did yeah, that, yeah. I could find... I could find space for. I for found an uh, currently on sale bust a move cabinet mm. Neo Geo cabinet two thousand nine thousand dollars So that is the exact <laughs> that is the exact style machine yeah. that I had. Um, yeah, that's um, wild. Three hundred so bucks. The, yeah, damn. <laughs> I fucked up. You, you I had to take up. it. You didn't want to lose money on it, you know. Yeah, I really fucked up. Um, I one day one day. I'll pull a Rob Zachney. Yeah. And I. This will be your. <laughs> you know what? Patrick, when you were in your 20s, that $300 is now $3,000 to 40-year-old Patrick. You're making more money now. It sort of is exactly proportional to what you're making. It's kind of the same amount of money. Oh, that sounds like no. Rob logic, right? Yeah, that's, like, I mean, yeah, that, that is feels perfect like I've... Rob logic. Mm-hmm, Especially if mm-hmm. you get the Neo, the, an actual Neo Geo not, one that you can swap the cartridges. You, that's critical, you know, critical to it, critical to it. Um, that's, so you're buying day, multiple cabinets day. at that point. Exactly, it's a deal. <laughs> it's the Kirkland experience. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, everyone kind of, kind of publicly witnessed this, but my story of ordering a thing and it having being much larger than. <laughs> I thought it would be uh was remind me I forget Bloodborne I mm, <laughs> mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. kickstarted Bloodborne and I was like I'll kickstart it at the normal like I'll get the base you game and Vinny Caravella <laughs> yeah um I saw people who who went full all out I was like yeah give me everything like Natalie did that one that mm-hmm. tier it was even more wild but even the one that I came that like I got was easily like a four foot by four foot box just filled with board game miniatures. <laughs> just, uh, I thought it was going to be like, you know, you've seen like a, a board game box before. Like I thought it would be like one of those and it 
ended up being it's the one thing that like every time I want to get a new thing, uh, my spouse is like, um, but you saw Bloodborne back there, and some of those boxes aren't even <laughs> open yet. So maybe you could get rid of that to make space. You got Bloodborne for it. at home. You <laughs> <laughs> got Bloodborne at home. It's like, yeah, I mean, I haven't filled the, I haven't fully filled all the cabinet space, but you're not wrong that it is taking up like an entire shelf and a half on its own <laughs> because it's just there's something so, so many painful boxes. about rationality. <laughs> like it's so hard to deal with. Uh, I've played, I've played it. We played it on stream a few times. We got use out of it, so that's I'm yeah, holding it's on, a work I'm hanging out. To it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, though, there's easily like five boxes that I haven't opened yet because they're like all expansions and things that you do after you beat the base game, and the base game is which we long. did not do. We, no, did we not didn't beat even the base beat game. the no. first chapter of the base game. No, no. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be, if you ever have children, Kata, you're gonna be gifting that to them. Yeah. Remember a game called Bloodborne? Oh, they made this not this okay board yeah. game. That's the, that's the problem with the board game. Yeah. It's like it was just okay. I it was just okay as a board game, honestly. But Those usually are just okay. Yeah, but that's sometimes just okay is enough. The the problem you know? with it is that it's just okay and takes up way too much space for being just okay. So are <laughs> you just gonna, are you keeping it all? Because yeah, also you can't I, really give away the just the expansions, right? Like they don't have the base game. At a certain point, I will probably break down and want something else more than. But I haven't filled that 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 bookshelf still has a little bit of space on it, <laughs> uh, just enough that I can keep stacking uh, board games awkwardly on top of each other in other ways. But one day, eventually, the dam will break and Bloodborne and all of its expansions will wash out onto the street and into somebody else's house. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> that is that is rough. But you know, we're thinking of you, Kato, thank, and thank we you. hope you thank get you. through this uh, this trying time. I bought or more another... likely in a year we hear about the Bloodborne boxes. I, I bought so that Mario that. Kart Live game. This is my shame. Oh, <laughs> which one? What? Mario Kart Live. Do you remember oh, this game? No, they sent that to me for free, and I right into the trash. Here's um, what's embarrassing. Uh, I got it. So I so I ordered it. I pre-ordered it. You know, I was like, I'm gonna get this. This sounds cool. And then um, for I was still at IGN at the time and originally someone else was going to do the review, but they couldn't do it. So they're like, oh, are you down to do it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So they sent me the game, the cart and all that because that's you need for the review. And I left my pre-order as well. So I have two, no. <laughs> two of them. Because I'm like, you can't do the multiplayer if you don't have two of them. Oh, and you, right. I did do the multiplayer need to. Yeah, at one point. Uh-huh. And I'm not like, here's the thing. <laughs> you can read my old review if you want more details. But it just, it is a lot. You need, you need a lot of space. And I did, ha- I was able to make that space because mm. I had a fairly like sizable apartment. And like, I'm like, okay, if we move the table and like the sofa over on the side and whatever. And it, it, it is cool, you know, just give it a seven out of 10. It's, 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 it's good. It works. <laughs> but it's like, it's so much setup. And it's like, yeah. this is great for, you know, a kid but it's like i don't have the like what me and my brother like, hey you want to set up the mario kart live chat we're not gonna do that like i don't know why i thought i would but i did i really did at the time um think that no it's gonna be great we're gonna play <laughs> and we're all gonna have a grand old time and the thing that the the thing that really ruins mario kart live um is like my floor 
has never been like the cleanest of floors, right? We had, we had a cat, you know, there's my hair, like it's a, a bunch of stuff. So the wheels would get like clogged with hair and they'd have to like pull no. them out. But I feel like that was only a problem that happened to me. Like I was looking at other reviewers and no one else complained about that. And I'm like, look, I know y'all are going to eat me up in the comments that I got a dirty floor. I, I vacuum all the time. I'm doing my best. This is my authentic experience yeah. please do not take this away from me um but yeah and then but then it's like what do i do with this like who do i give it to like i don't want to throw it away like i have one of the carts like just on display like on my shelf but then the other <laughs> yeah, cart, it looks neat that's that's where it ended up it's like kind it of sits there. on a shelf and i'm like i didn't need to get a second one of these this was like eight and i think it was like i feel like it was like at least like eighty dollars like, yeah, it, it was yeah it was, this is money we yeah. didn't need to spend did you at least and i still have i see it all the time it's like in my closet like in the box and then you have all the it's all the parts and there's the cones they sent you and um, it's the whole thing was it at least the luigi like did you get the luigi one as no, well as the mario you have two <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no! because when i pre-ordered it i didn't know i was reviewing it at the time and they yeah. gave me mario right. and then i bought uh, mario yeah so now i have two marios damn Wow. I wish I had Luigi. I love Luigi. Big <laughs> Luigi fan. Remember the year of Luigi? I, yeah. The year the year that never ended, honestly. <laughs> no. Yeah. In our, always in our hearts. Um uh truly. Uh yeah, th- we ended up using it broadly. Like we I did set up like the little goals with my kid and, yeah. and we did it like once or twice. And then she found it much more fun to chase her sister around with it. Um yeah. and so ultimately the vast majority of the, the Mario Kart live experience in my home was chasing a toddler. But then you could the just house, have which, the RC car, which is that's why that's why I hate yeah, myself. Yeah, you could just yeah, have it's an extremely car. expensive, nice car. looking yeah. RC car. But my guess is that there is Mario merchandise selling an RC car for like thirty dollars yeah. <laughs> and not and not. I mean, the camera stuff is cool. Like it makes it so you like my my daughter could do it from a different room. I mean, like yeah. it, you know, it was neat, but it was not. Like the game part of it wasn't very is pretty limited, right? And so I think that's part of the reason it doesn't really justify all the setup if you don't have a basement where you could just keep it as a semi permanent fixture. Yeah, it's just the actual thing that you do when you've done the setup is just not super compelling. They ended up doing a sequel, a non Mario sequel uh, that they also sent me that has like uh, oh, all these up- all these upgrade elements and different car customization. To my kid was like, it's not Mario. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. So I guess we're not. Uh, well, they sent this to me. I'm going to turn it down the third time. They make another one. I please do not send this to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm the market for it, or I don't think it, it it's not connecting with my kids. Um, but you can connect with us by writing in to questions at remapradio.com if you'd like to send in some further questions. But I think that is going to bring us to the end of uh, today's episode. Um, Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for the to two mellow for the track question mark. And here's where I got to I, I got to, <laughs> you know, I asked Kato, is there, you know, moments pause? I think was the the, the track we were using yeah. prior from from two mellow. Yeah. Two mellow has been working on like a more formal like remap uh, radio intro outro track, uh, which we're very happy with. We're excited. I know change is hard. I know probably some people you liked the other song. Well, we can find other ways to use it. Like it could appear in other <laughs> podcasts, but this is the the track that we're that we're going with. But like I've gotten so used to like off the EP pale machine, off, yeah. you know, like m- moments pause, and I don't know that I'm satisfied with thanks to Too Mellow for the remap radio theme. Yuck. So whether. <laughs> 
That is too mellow, yeah. whether that just, is... You could just say thanks to too mellow for our theme music. I need something, you need something more, more esoteric concrete. than that. Real yeah. quick. I need, yeah. Before moments that- pause has weight. It's yeah. like, damn, that like, is true. moments pause. Like, <laughs> um, pale machine. Like, these are words of of power. Um, so, you know, look, I can be convinced <laughs> to, like, thank All you right, to Tumelo like- for, like, you know, the the accompanying track on this episode of Remap Radio. But I, I think we can do better. I think we, like... Um, so if people have suggestions, I'm not, I'm willing to put it to the audience, but I'm also willing to defer to, to Tumelo, Tumelo uh, yeah. if, if Tumelo has a, uh, a name they'd like uh, to assign to that track. But regardless of whether Patrick gets his way on this very annoying topic, um, that no one else cares about as much as I do, you can track all of Tumelo's work over at Tumelo.net. You can support everything we do at Remap Radio by going to remapradio.com, um, youtube.com at uh, remap radio twitch.tv slash remap radio across all the socials twitter mastodon threads blue sky i'm copying and pasting what we're doing to all those please god give me a service i could pay for it it just sends it to all of them doesn't <laughs> i know exist. we need that wolf thing that ryan from the office made like yeah. he was ahead of his time also uh, before we close out i do have a yeah um a update a sports update from my please, dad sports update because i'm thinking my dad's old because my dad's like god, god what is he he's like I think he's pushing 60. I forgot how old he is. He's old. So I'm like, oh, he's surely up at ungodly hours for no reason. <laughs> so I texted him when we started this show. And he responded like a while ago. I just hadn't mentioned it. I said, I asked him about the White Sox thing. And he said, in Chicago, as if I don't know, but whatever. All right, Dad. <laughs> in Chicago, if you live on the South Side, you cheer for the Sox. If you live on the North Side, you cheer for the Cubs. Since okay. I arrived in Chicago on December of 1979, I always lived on the South Side and fell in love with the Sox. And then he said, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I, asked my, I asked my brother and of course he sent it with like a picture like a stock image that says happy halloween because he's old so it's like, <laughs> that's amazing i don't know where he gets these things from i asked my brother about how did you decide to be a cubs fan he said uh-huh i tried to do both teams because both at the time were on wgn but ultimately yeah. my heart just loved the cubs and the ivy harry carey and the history of the organization <laughs> wow. Can't argue with that as a, as a Cubs go. fan. I cannot argue with that. But that's fun. Oh, wow. What a great full circle moment for yeah. the podcast. Janet doing journalism in real time. Yeah. See, this is, that, that's it happening in action. This is yeah. why we've got you, watch you on. Janet, where can, where can people follow what you're up to? Because you are not just on here. You are bouncing around different places. Yeah. Where can people track other stuff that, that you're up to? Um, you can unfortunately find me on X. <laughs> Don't worry, but we're all we're all still there. Exactly. We're all suffering together. Our own personal super hell. It's game O N Y S U S is the handle. Game Onesis. That's how you say it. People always ask that. They're like, that's wow, that's, I that's I had meant to ask that as well, and now you just answered it for me. Yeah, um, it, I'm on everything though. I'm on on a lot of those places that Patrick mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not really copy and pasting, I have to admit, but I'm going to try. I want to try to copy and paste and say all my same jokes. I only, so I only do it for remap stuff because I want people to just be wherever they right, feel informed. comfortable, which whatever community same, they found. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, w- for my personal stuff, uh, I find it like most of my audience has gone to Blue Sky. Like that is like where most of the like, game developers, yeah. media folks also went. So I am trying to get better about like I only really do it at my computer, though, because it's very yeah. easy for me to open two tabs and just paste it over. It's a much bigger pain to do on on my phone. But I, I will. I'm sorry. Like I, I post like when I post an article in crossplay, it's like, True. all right, you're getting that across all of them. Yeah. But, like th- actual thoughts. <laughs> like, sorry, well, that's here's only what's on embarrassing. Sky. 
Again, I'm on thre- you know, I'm on threads, I'm on blue sky. Like and, yeah. and, and people do like blue sky a lot in our industry, but what sucks is blue sky is so small still because it, mm-hmm. it still has the codes, right? So I'm like, well, it doesn't matter that like all you guys because like I, I don't we're the normies though. Like where's the community? you know what yeah, I mean? That like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't help your audience <laughs> expansion for like your friends to follow you on blue yeah, sky. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. look, I I love y'all, but like there ain't enough people here. Like, we gotta figure something out. Anyway, but what's embarrassing about being everywhere on on a personal account instead of just like, you know, a brand account like you know min max or remap or whatever mm-hmm. is and i tweeted about this and i probably did cross post this i'm like well now you guys know which jokes i think are really funny where i'm like <laughs> i'm posting this everywhere it's like that's so embarrassing like it's oh, like this i'm like gonna oh. hit everywhere or like i'm like this is really witty i'm gonna post this there. i'm like that's so humiliating like please don't oh, Ign- I'm, I'm pointing god. it out because i do think it's funny but i'm like god please just don't even perceive that i'm like oh this is the line that's that everyone's going to be reposting. But yeah, I'm on there. I do stuff with kind of funny. I do stuff with min max uh, and I do stuff with the uh, indie council. Um, it is uh, me, Mike, Jenny, Jill, like all of us hanging out. Honestly, it's a stacked panel. I feel like the weakest one on the panel because everyone's so hardcore <laughs> in the indie scene. Like I'm the most normie person. I feel like on that show. And I'm like, oh, my God, I kind of did the pod in in part to incentivize stepping up my indie game a little bit more um but it it's a fantastic show there's like so much great insight from the team so uh if you're looking for more podcasts indie council we do indie coverage and and uh industry stuff and it's been super fun doing that uh but yeah that's where you can check me out i'm on all socials under the same handle uh at game Monices, so yeah cool well uh we're recording this podcast early uh, in, in the week because, um, of some travel coming up for a, a wedding coming up, um, that, uh, different members of remap are attending. Uh, so apologies if more people are laid off between now and then, and we didn't address it. Like, I feel like I joke, but also like that <laughs> cynically, I expect yeah. that to happen. And so no, this was recorded on Tuesday morning. We'll get to that. We'll have another upsetting news segment next week to, to, to walk through anything that happens between now and then. So this week will be a little bit slower, but we do have uh, my interview with several members on the development uh, staff of Cocoon alongside an article that'll go up on remapradio.com interviewing the creative director about their puzzle design. Uh, the podcast is more about the art and music and the aesthetics and how that informs the design. Um, uh, well, we will have this episode of remap radio, Kato is going to be playing some Final Fantasy Tactics, um, and that'll kind of be it for this week. But then, you know, I come back from San Francisco on Monday evening, um, and I think we're technically taking next Friday off, right? Isn't that Kato? Something is happening. I don't know, (laughs) but next Friday will be, like, we're (laughs) about to enter a holiday period, right? So, like, November, December start to get a little shaky in terms of what's happening week to week. But uh, so just stay tuned. Um, uh, And uh, as we record this, when this goes out, uh, the door will have closed on the foundation tier. Um, So our thanks to everyone that has like the fact that we're able even to say that is, is essentially putting a period on this early arc of remap and our ability to turn this into a real thing to um, uh, like look at this as a job and not as a hobby and that is really exciting we are so thankful to everyone that has gone along this journey so far and if for some reason you missed out on the foundation tier uh, it's okay that is just sort of locking in a previous uh, rate uh, you can still sign up for the library tier uh, over at remapradio.com and get access to everything we do ad free including all of these subscriber only posts 
at RemitRadio.com. But anyone who supports us, whether it's with money, without money, we really appreciate it. All of you contribute to us allowing to pull all this off. And until next time, fuck capitalism. Go home. <laughs> <laughs>